Welcome to the Just Ask Mom podcast, where mothers share their experiences of raising children with mental illness. Just Ask Mom is a Mothers on the Frontline production. Today we will hear from Bree Jackson, a mother from Middle Georgia. This interview took place at the National Conference of the Federation of Families for Children's Mental Health in Orlando, Florida. There is some background noise from other events occurring at the hotel. Please do not let these noises distract you from Bree's story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us how you would like to be introduced. Well, my name is Bree Jackson. I am an advocate for autism. I have a parent support chapter called Puzzle Pieces of Love out of Macon, Georgia, and I support all of the parents in middle Georgia with kids on the spectrum, Um, mainly because when my son was diagnosed, everything was in Atlanta, and I had no services in middle Georgia except for speech therapy, so... That's where I am. So you're in Middle Georgia. Yes. That's, that's, do you like Middle Georgia? Some days. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. <laughs> so Bree, tell us a little bit about your, or not, tell us as much as you want about yourself before or outside of motherhood. So who were you? What did you like to do? And what were your passions and interests outside of the capacity of caring for your child? Right. Um, Before my son was born, I was a very active writer. I like to write fiction, science fiction, fantasy. I like adventure, and that's whether it's creating adventure or going on on my own. So I loved to travel, and that was something I was able to freely do because I didn't have a child-friendly budget before my son was born. But I like to travel, and I like to write, so... Do you find any time to do that still? My husband is very gracious, and I get an hour of me time every day, so I can write, I can go for a walk, I can I can take care of myself, because my, my husband's also on the spectrum, and he knows that I need that break for myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. That is important. So pretend you're talking to someone, blank, um, and... and Tell us what you want them to know. And you can fill in this blank with anyone that you want, you want to understand your experience. And that could be doctor, teacher, lawyer, insurance firm, agent, anyone or institution or thing you would like. What would you like to tell them about your experience as a mother of a child? I, I think I have I have two different answers to that question. Um I would talk to mothers first Mm -hmm. because I remember getting my son's diagnosis and my first thought was I messed something up Mm -hmm. and it was my fault. And every mother needs to know that they're not a failure. Um, As long as they go through life fighting for their child, even if they win or lose the battle, they didn't fail their child. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one thing I think should be said. Um, The other part would be elected officials and insurance companies and they need to know that if they're going to implement health care and put their feet into health care and spread it out and make policy on it, they need to know that there are people out there who suffer invisible diseases and invisible illnesses that you can't see on the outside and they need to be treated with the same attention and respect that you would treat cancer or Crohn's disease or ALS. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to know that even if it's not something that they can put a Band-Aid on, it still deserves to be treated. So, Okay. So in your journey with your child, what has been 
difficult in the past in trying to get help for your child? Can you tell me a little, tell me a story, tell me something about? Um, mainly insurance coverage mm-hmm. would be my biggest hurdle with taking care of my son. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, when he was first diagnosed and we were at the speech therapy clinic and he's getting his speech and his OT five times a week. And about five weeks into it, they stopped me and they're like, okay, well, you owe this much money today. And I was floorboarded because from at that point, I had been paying these $20 co-pays and we were fine. And they said, well, the insurance no longer covers. He was only covered for 26 visits and you've run out of those. And this was like in July. So I still had the rest of the year to get through and I had no way to pay them for two and $300 visits every day. And I called my insurance company and it was, uh, he has an official diagnosis. We were referred for therapy because he has pervasive developmental disorder and he can't speak. He needs to learn how to speak. And to them, it wasn't important. They told me that autism did not qualify as a primary mental health diagnosis and that he had gotten what he was going to get and there was no way for me to change it. And I asked about getting new policy, a new policy with my health care when open enrollment happened. And they said that there was no coverage that would allow me more than what I was already getting. So that was, that's been my journey. And thankfully, my son has progressed and I fought that budget battle and the financial battle. And that's been a five and a half year journey. And now he's down to one therapy session every other week. So my insurance does cover it because I'm only using 26 visits. And what he, if he needs extra, his school is absolutely amazing, and I'm very blessed that he got to where he is because it was through a lottery that he was chosen for this school. So they provide a speech therapist if he starts to struggle in school, and they provide an occupational therapist mm-hmm. who actually got him to graduate from occupational therapy. <laughs> he, um, sorry, he wrote about two weeks ago, um, he graduated from occupational therapy because he could write his name without it going outside of the lines on the notebook. So that meant so much to me. And he's eight years old now, and he's he's doing great. Oh, that's so. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> did you keep it? I did. It's framed up on it's on the wall, actually, like a picture. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would frame it. So so. I mean, there's a lot in there. What what would you say worked well? I mean, if you had to, to tell us in all of that, because um, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, what worked well was I got into that school. And mm-hmm. it's a charter school in Macon, Georgia. And it's because Bibb County has a very bad school system. And I, just, I know how blessed I am because if he hadn't have gotten into that school, he'd have been in that pool and fighting for an IEP and a 504 would have been the battle of my life. Mm-hmm. But this school that he got into, it's in kindergarten, he had an RTI because he was too young for an IEP. Mm-hmm. So we got the RTI, and, and when first grade happened, they were like, well, we see that he's on an RTI. Do you want a 504? I said, sure, we'll put him on a 504, and we'll get all this written down. And now he's in second grade, and... As soon as I walked in, the teacher was like, um, as soon as I saw his name on the roster, I saw that he matched up with a 504, and I've already looked through it, and I just want to know if there's anything you'd like to change. Wow. And he's been, this year has been the easiest school year ever because he's got it, and they're prepared, and they prepare themselves over the summer, and I am very blessed to have a school system that focuses on that. Wow. So. Wow, that makes a huge difference. Yes, yes, it? it does. So right now, would you say, are you swimming, drowning, or treading water? 
now I'm swimming. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to drown, and Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to tread water and just barely be able to breathe every few days. But now I'm I'm surrounded by natural supports, and Mm -hmm. I have this organization now where I'm raising money to pay the therapy debts of the people in our community because we have I have bikers who are paying to ride their motorcycles so that they can give that money to people who need therapy, and I have a Tupperware lady who set up a fundraiser for my fund so that I get 40% of all of her profits for the next month. And I have Avon ladies who donate baskets so that people will pay for raffles. And I have all these people coming to me saying, Mm -hmm. we're going to help. Oh, that's wonderful. And so all these autism families in the the community that know who I am now, they're like, I need help. Can you get me help? And it's, Mm -hmm. yes, I can, because I have like 15 people who are ready to give me money to help me pay your bill. Oh, wow. So I'm swimming now, and I am so grateful for it, and hopefully I can help other families start to swim too. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. So you talk a lot about, I mean, and, and as moms, we have to be fierce advocates. Yes. For our children. Um, what's your self-care routine or your survival technique? My survival technique? Um, I had to have that because my husband was actually not diagnosed until about six months after my son. Huh. Because our generation kind of swept mental illness under the rug. Exactly. And his parents were the type of parents that were, it's it's a discipline issue. We'll take care of it. It's a discipline issue. And it never went away. Um, so now I deal with that on a daily basis of getting him to where he should have been 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I have to I keep my son on track and I keep my husband on track. And he supports me taking care of myself. So I get... I get to take my long walks or I get to read a book or I get to write or paint or I get to take myself out to dinner just by myself so I don't have to explain to the waiter that neither one of them can eat anything with salt on it because it has to be so bland that they can't take it. (laughs) I don't have to explain, um, can you turn the lights down just a little bit because it's too bright for them or Mm -hmm. the the noise is awful. Can you please move us to a different table? I don't have to do any of that. Mm -hmm. They give me that time to myself at least once a week Mm -hmm. to where I can just go out and breathe and I have this conference I get to go to every year <laughs> um, where I get to be with my tribe of people who understand what my life is like. And my husband, I, I get a spring vacation where I get to go up to Canada and visit my best friend for a little while. And I just get to be me. And um, I get to go ride my bike to the park by myself because exercise is a thing for me. I like to cruise on my bike and just breathe. And it's... I'm very well taken care of. My husband makes me take care of myself. So. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, in all of this, what would you say your most laughable moment? The moment you just, sometimes you just have to sit down. You just have to laugh at yourself? <laughs> laugh at yourself. Um, recently, um, I had said my, my son was in occupational therapy in school for handwriting. And his motor skills are awful. And he's slowly improving on them. And in kindergarten, it was, Miss, uh, can you come in and... Miss Jackson, your son is struggling with his handwriting. We can't get him to write it right. And I go in, it's like four IEP meetings in his kindergarten year. And mm-hmm. His handwriting is so bad. Can you please work with him in his handwriting? And it's okay. <laughs> and then the first grade is, Miss Jackson, we need you to come in again. Braden's not doing good. He's just, he's not. And in second grade, his teacher calls me and she said, um, I want you to come in for a 504 meeting to talk about Braden's handwriting. 
And so I got my little notebook and I started making my notes about how upset I was and I was ready to go into mama bear mode. Mm -hmm. And we've already had this discussion and it's in his 504 and I was ready to just repeat myself for the 18th time since he's in Torland School. And she sat me down and she goes, I got to show you something. And then she pulls out his handwriting journal and that's when she showed me and she said, um, and I have to give you this, and handed me the certificate for him graduating from occupational therapy. Mm. And I just, I st- I didn't know what to say. I, was, I came in here and I was so ready to be mad at you. Mm-hmm. And then I just had to sit back and laugh at myself because I was so worked up and I was so angry. And then it was just, <laughs> we're going to have a little celebration. That's why I called you in here. So I had to sit back and laugh at myself because I automatically switched to mama bear mode and I shouldn't have. But <laughs> oh, it's so easy to do. It really is. It is. It's so important. It is. Thank you very much. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap this up? I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing with all of this. It means a lot. We appreciate you sharing. <laughs> we really, really do. And thank you very much thank for you. sharing your story with us. And, you know, enjoy the rest of the conference. Yes, ma'am, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have been listening to Just Ask Mom, copyrighted in 2018 by Mothers on the Frontline. Today's podcast host was Dan Benson-Smith. The music is Old English, written, performed, and recorded by Flame Emoji. For more podcasts in this and other series relating to children's mental health, go to mothersonthefrontline.com or subscribe on iTunes, Android, Google Play, or Stitcher.